The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation, football talk for fans by fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, as always, typically, aside, you know, unless there's uh, technical difficulties, which uh, were certainly abundant last week, Mr. Uh, Brian Finch is joining us. Brian, how are you, pal? I'm all right. Been there, man. Yeah, I've been there. You, you've you've lost to a one and six team, only scoring six points. Um, don't try and remember it. It's not worth the pain. <laughs> I've been there. The, hey, listen, all of last year the Colts were the only lo- you know uh, the only team that Jacksonville beat. So there's that. So you're saying we're due to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs? All right, cool. No, no, no. You're twisting my words. Like my wife. That was like a weird way of of me attacking you. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, that was terrible. I'm I, sorry. I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I'm ashamed of myself. You should be. I should die. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so we are back. Again, I apologize for the uh, the issues. We've been – the whole video thing has just been a hot mess lately. Uh, our computer was left on all weekend last – not this past weekend, but the weekend prior – and uh, and video was moving slow. We couldn't do any film study for you, and it honestly it bothered the crap out of me. So I sent Ryan, uh, or oh god, I get you guys so confused all the time. I'd be like, Brian, just go home. Uh, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And he just held it down solo for the you know for last week. So uh, we're gonna try our best. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do things like we normally do here. We're gonna get back on track with the YouTube stuff. Shout out to everybody who has watched us on YouTube is commenting, uh, just stroking our egos a little bit. We had a few nice comments this week, so uh, to keep going, and, and that, that's always nice to hear. And, you know, when you're doing podcasting and stuff and you're you're not really a somebody, you're not like a celebrity or an actor, uh, you kind of wonder sometimes whether it's all worth it. And uh, any little comment to, uh, you know, to make you feel good inside, it, it definitely goes a long way. So we appreciate each and every one of you who do that. Yeah, uh, greatly appreciate it. Seriously. Seriously. So uh, week nine is almost, uh, well, by the time this episode drops, it'll be over. Yeah. But um, it is almost over at time of recording. And, uh, you know, I, I could say the same phrase that I said yesterday, I believe, and, you know, and WTF. But, uh, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I'll keep it. I'll keep it a little PG today. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, dude, I don't know. I'm still well, trying I to. I do know. But I don't know. <laughs> I know 100% what the biggest issue was for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and then because of that awful game, I could not, I could not get up to watch the 4 o'clock games. I, once it, once you left, right? Matt came over, watched yes. the game with me. Um, never having you over, by the way, uh, ever again, because you're bad juju. Am I? Yep, I don't know. I'm just I'm blaming somebody, and you were there, so there you go. Oh, 
I think last time I came by, the Bills were on a bye, too. So, yeah, yeah it might be me. It might be you. might be. That's all right. You guys still had fun. Um, but I was thinking, you know, as I was out hanging my Christmas lights, because that brought joy to me, uh, I was thinking about the 4 o'clock games. I'm like, man, I wonder what I'm missing. And I missed the same stuff happening all over again <laughs> that we just watched in the Bills game and we watched in the previous really two weeks. It, any given Sunday is kind of a, the mantra of 2021. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Easily. Easily is. The whole league is all in, and they're like, yeah, parody's awesome. Let's all just keep, you know, surprising everybody. And Vegas, meanwhile, is probably losing their damn minds because of how much money they're losing on games. Probably. You got to step it up. Yeah. More penalties. Uh, So to tie into that, uh, Brian has another game. You have another game. I have another game. I like game time. So this is, are you in or are you out? Okay. This this is pretty obvious one. It is are they going to be in the playoffs or are did they going to be like out? We already did, but okay, now but now, now it's that, a couple weeks ahead. But now that we're half a season in, I see. And there's been some weird weird real weirdness happening. Yeah, you're right. Some players, you know, um having mistakes off the field and hurting their team. Uh actually times 2 for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, times 3 this year. Now times three? That Damon Arnett dude or whatever got released today. So him, Ruggs, and... Gruden. Yeah, Gruden. I always thought that Gruden leaving was going to be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I don't like him. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. This is nice and easy. AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. Are they in or are they out? In. Patriots, are they in or are they out? In. The Jets, are they in or are they out? Nope. Dolphins, in or out? No. Chargers, in or out? In. Raiders in or out? <laughs> They're the team that I thought of when I wanted to do this again. Yeah. They are 5-3, and three, sitting second place in their division right now. I don't know. I don't have the division, like, win losses in front of me. So. Right. No, that's fine. Um, I think they lost the Chargers. I think that's really it, though. They might have beat the Broncos. Um, damn, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Raiders have looked better in their losses than the Chargers have, but I will say in for them. I will say in for the Raiders. Yep. The Kansas City Chiefs. Out. The Denver Broncos. Out. The Baltimore Ravens. In. The Phil- Pittsburgh Steelers, who we don't know if they won or lost. How about this? I'll play devil's advocate. Out. I was going to give them a win, so they're five and three. Okay. They beat the Bears. <laughs> Probably. Um, I still have to. I think Pittsburgh's still out. Okay. The Cleveland Browns. They are five and four. I know, and they're better without OBJ. That's <laughs> facts. Undeniable. I legit was very close to doing a Baker play today, just to kind of show off. Yeah. I think that's something we can look at in the off season, the Baker thing. Maybe do like a side a comparison. Dude, I would love that. That's what we're doing. So we're gonna be doing this year round. So, not not everyone is uh, made for the Stefanski offense. No. So. Nope. Um, I'm gonna say yes to Cleveland. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals out. 
the Tennessee Titans. In? The Indianapolis Colts. One game under 500. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What you Right now, uh, projecting them with what you already said, there's they wouldn't be in. No, I don't think I don't think so. No. So yeah, we'll say out for now. Okay. And Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans out and out. That's easy. Uh, the West is a mess, man. Or it's awesome. I don't know. I, I, to look I'm at gonna it. go with awesome. I'm it's gonna awesome. go. I'm gonna lean towards awesome. Yeah. Uh, here we go. NFC East: the uh, Dallas Cowboys in. Philadelphia Eagles out. New York Giants out. The Washington Washingtons out. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals in. The Los Angeles Rams. In. The Seattle Seahawks. They're three and five. No. No. Russ is coming back. I get Russ back. In. Come. The 49ers. Out. The Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Seven in. And two. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Out. Chicago Bears. Out. And the Lions. Very out. But uh, hey, if you flip the record upside down, there ain't no. <laughs> Very true. For nine and oh at this point. And if you put their no, there ain't no. If you put their record as it is on this side, and the record if you flipped it on this side and you squish them together, it says boob. <laughs> <laughs> I am a child. You are. I love it. Uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the New Orleans Saints. You're so well coached, dude. It is incredible. I know, but they need a quarterback now. I, they do. Taysom Hill still has a chance of coming back. He's not a quarterback. He was out, He was available this week. Oh, they used it. And they went with Simeon. They ruled with Simeon. I mean, Simeon didn't play terribly, but he obviously they didn't win. They didn't beat Atlanta. I'm still going to say, what other divisions we got left? Is this the last one? That's the last one. I think I need one more playoff spot too. You have, I got three in the West, dude. You have, you have four teams in right now. Five teams in right now. You have five teams in the playoffs right now. Atlanta and Saints in. Wow, Atlanta's right. They're the seventh seed right now. They are at five hundred, and they have the North to thank for it. Because the North is not putting up any no. sort of a fight at all. I, I'm i in love with what the Saints have done. Yeah, I got to give them a lot of kudos. A lot. Because it, it just every week they were losing somebody. Every week. And Sean Payton just keeps them together. That defense is so strong. It is. I, I wish I could watch more Saints games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do too. There's no big surprises as far as the division leaders. Maybe the Tennessee Titans in a way, uh, but they also won it last year. So right, so I don't think it's 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 a big deal. Right, division leaders not so surprising. Um, I know Washington, based on our when we did our preseason predictions, is way way under what we believe them to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not gonna sit here and lie. The Colts are, the Dolphins are. Uh, there are a lot of teams that are definitely underperforming this year, but. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right. I think division leaders, nobody has, okay, probably the West right now. That's the only one. I know we get Kansas oh, because... City had a slow start in the predictions. We did. We yeah. had, uh, I know you did at least. I think you had to lose the three, uh, first three. 
but they're sitting uh, at five and four right now. Um, Chargers and the Raiders are tied for first place. The Raiders are the biggest surprise. Yeah, I think we all had the Chargers as being flirty. Not, no one would pick Close, them to win the division. But right, like, right. This would be the first season that like Kansas City's like, oh, someone's right on our heel here. Yeah, they're just they're 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 not. You know, you can just tell by the way they're being portrayed. Yeah. And listen, they only they barely beat an Aaron Rodgersless Packers team. That speaks volumes to me. Yeah, that speaks volumes to me. It, it's there's something in the way that a lot of teams are losing and a way they are winning that is like telling. While as as horribly embarrassing and and how bad it felt for the Bills to lose to Jacksonville, which you should not do. But I mean, they only lost by three points. Their in their three losses is a combined uh, point difference of fifteen points, but their average margin of victory when they win is like twenty five points. Right, and then you look at the Chargers; they're like the polar opposite. When the Chargers are winning, they do look confident in their wins, but when they lose, my God, do they lose? Yes. So it's hard to look right now as I as I am looking at the AFC picture. It's hard to like really believe that any of the division leaders um, would have an advantage by having their buys, just because I think it, the, the league is so squished together right now. Which I think a lot of us thought that, though. We, yeah. A lot of us thought that with this free agency period that there's going to be a lot of good teams. All right, And honestly, they are. I'm actually very curious as to how many teams are actually under 500 right now. You want me to look at it? I have it. You got it up? It. I, would, I would very much like to hear that, because I, 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 I think it's less than half. So... Eagles, Giants, Washington, Seahawks, Niners, Vikings, Bears, Lions, Falcons, Panthers. We're up to 10. That's the NFC. Uh, Jets, Dolphins. We're up to 12. Colts. Uh, Colts. Jaguars. Texans, so just less, just a little bit less, just less. Fifteen teams. Okay, under Okay, so it was a little bit less, um, but a lot of them are way under five hundred. Right, half I, of I that think list. Some is of the, I think under. some of the team, and I think some of the, the teams that are under five hundred can find themselves above five hundred by the time the end of the season rolls around. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. You know, that, that's 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 where my head's at with this thing. So it it is. It there's a lot of smushing together. Um, you know, I I know that the Bills are are pretty much the clear cut. I think they're the, the the favorites right now in the AFC East, but Patriots are knocking on their door. They're only one game behind. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how that's how quick it is. Yeah, that's how quick it can go. And the Patriots have been getting hot, so um, there there is no certainties right now. You know, I think in, when it comes to NFL leader, very seldom, very few. I mean, I think the Titans are still the best team in football right now. Uh, no, okay, and in the AFC side of things. Right now, um, I, I think they're that good. I think that they pretty much have that division locked up, and I think Green Bay has their division locked up. Yeah. But and and Dallas, and that's that's kind of it. Yeah, that's kind of it. NFC South is interesting too. So you called your shot with San Francisco. I love it. Oh, I all the pats on my my own back. Yeah. All the pats. Uh, yeah, San Francisco just I, I it didn't. It just didn't feel right. No. There's they're boring again. 
They're boring again. There, I wish there was a way you could go to a betting site and flip the odds. So, like, the <laughs> the odds in the beginning of the year were, like, the Niners would have been one of, like, the top five teams in the NFC yeah. to win the NFC. I wish you could have, like, bet, bet against doing that. that. Yeah. Dude, you make so much money. I would be a millionaire. <laughs> Probably. Well, I mean, if we all chipped in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we asked all of our families to chip in. Oh, yeah. We'd and they, all, and then they be, asked everyone at work to chip we'd in. We'd all have a lot of money. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's how that works. Uh, but, yeah, so we got some film study uh, to get back to, you know, to get underway. I'm sad I didn't get to talk about Mike White uh, last week. I had Mike White planned, and I wanted to give some love to uh, oh, whose defense was I liking? I can't remember who I, I picked to talk about their defense, but I really wanted to talk about Mike White. But we uh, we got to postpone that. We can't do it. Uh, who knows? Uh, the, there's still opportunities for him to, uh, to, to make some cool plays. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's kick this thing off uh, with some of the the various plays that. Uh, well, I'll read off who we're looking at. If Mike White passes for more than two hundred and fifty yards, I'll give you ten bucks. Okay. You, don't, you don't have to give anything back. I'll give you ten bucks. Two hundred fifty yards. He has to pass for more than two hundred fifty yards. Okay. All right. Deal. Um, I'm gonna look at some Ryan Tannehill today, and uh, I'm gonna look at some Ryan Tannehill. Brian's going to look at some Josh Allen. Those are going to be our offensive plays. And um, uh, we're also going to look at the Xavier McKinney and Denzel Ward pick sixes. That's the that's the film study we're going to be looking at. So let's start off with our Ryan Tannehill, uh, our Ryan Tannehill play for this week. Uh, we're looking at his uh, the, the Tannehill bootleg, the Tanny boot, the boot hill, the boot Tannehill. <laughs> All right. This was cool for me. Um, to see that, I mean, right now the t- Tennessee Titans are going to be number one, but um, you know, did let let's both raise our hands if uh, if we predicted the Titans to still be okay with without Derrick Henry? Let's raise our hands. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much, and that, that's that's where my head's at too. Um, this is the kind of stuff that has to happen. Uh, Look, I mean, the Rams committed to the run in this play, and we're going to watch it in a little bit, but Tannehill's got to become, you know, uh, something more. I think much, much more if this if this Titans team is going to continue dominance. You know, uh, they had no business winning that game on paper without Derrick Henry, and I think we've seen a little bit that Tannehill, there's more, so, there's more to Tannehill than certainly meets the eye. So uh, he's playing well, and it's this type of stuff, this type of misdirection, this type type of, uh, I guess, mastery of of this offense that's that's going to keep them ahead. You know, do, do I think that they could be a Super Bowl team? Possibly. I don't know how long this is going to last without Derrick Henry. However, uh, they are making a pretty good claim right now to uh, be the most dominant team in the National Football League. They, I mean. Their defense is playing really, really, really good. All right, their defense shut down Matt Stafford two pick sixes, nearly back to back. All right, they made him look silly last night, and they were all up in his. They were in his face, sacked him a couple times. Uh, this Titans defense is is legit, and uh, and Tannehill just kind of picked him apart in the red zone. So, let's watch this play first, and uh, we will uh, proceed from there to break it down. Fourth and goal. Play fake. Tannehill. He can run and he does. 
Touchdown. A little finger roll, which has become his trademark. Of the back of the All end zone. Right. There we go. We got it set up now. Okay, so a little Tannehill bootleg. All right, fake handoff. This is something he's done plenty of times with Derrick Henry uh, alongside him under center. And he, he, he doesn't care. He, he does it still here. He does it still here. I believe that's Adrian Peterson in the back. Um, and they have a fullback out there as well. The personnel for this, uh, for this play is 22 for, the, uh, for the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Two running backs, all right? They're lined up directly uh, behind. And, again, if you don't remember what the personnel count means, two is uh, how, the first digit is how many running backs. The second is how many tight ends. So we got 22 here, two running backs. We have two tight ends, and uh, they're in the I formation. All right, uh, I formation fullback leading for AP. So pretty much selling that, hey, they're probably going to – I think that's the mastery of this thing. It, it's almost pretty much showing um, this defense that, hey, they're going to try and run up the middle with the lead blocker. My favorite thing about selling the how hard they're going to dive this ball up the gut with an all – you know, a Hall of Fame running back – they have an extra lineman, I just realized, out there. There's an extra tackle on the right side. If you looked at Tannehill's under center, you got your guard, you got your normal tackle, and then you got the extra tackle. And then the other side, you got the double tight ends right. plus the fullback. If there isn't anything in the league that spells, I'm about to smash this down <laughs> your throat. Uh, if it's not this play, I don't know what it is. Yeah, this is uh, – it's it's – it's a good formation. This is why I appreciate Mike Brabel um, as much as I do. I think he's got a really good mind for this game. And, uh, and, and yeah, listen, I mean, you're, you're going up against the Rams' front line and linebackers, which are all very reputable. Aaron Donald, future Hall of Famer, uh, amongst some of the other pieces, excuse me, on this team. So let's uh, let's start to break it down. So like I said, the, uh, we're in 22 personnel. They're selling the run up the gut. Uh, the Rams are in a defense uh, goal line, uh, pretty much a goal line defense. They're prepared for the run. They got their three, uh, I guess they'd be considered their DBs, ready ready back here in case anything goes a little wild. But this this formation is so tight, there's nobody out wide for the Titans. They're expect, they're anticipating the run. Um, and, man, do they eat it up. All right, let's, uh, let's go a little further into the play. All right, there's the fake handoff. We got a lead blocker right here, as you can see. The defense, our DBs, right? Those are the DBs. Uh, they are committing to that uh, to their right side, the left side of the offensive line. So let's just uh, roll that back just a hair. Yep. So they're following. They see the lead blocker go, and uh, then they uh, they acknowledge the the handoff. And I mean, obviously, that's like we talk about all the time. Football is a game of reactions, reacting. And they reacted here. This is the, the beauty of this this play design. The whole defensive line, the whole defense is going to their right-hand side. They're suspecting Adrian Peterson run, as we said, fourth and goal. They're like, oh, we think we got this. Nope. Tannehill boots out, and by the time that they realize that, uh, that Tannehill has the ball, he has all the room in the world. He takes it wide enough, which is good. He doesn't cut in too early. Which is, which is wise. I mean, me, I'm just like, oh, wow, look at all that open field. I would probably just run straight up. He does a really good job of keeping it wide and, and taking it close to the pile. He can run, and he does. And he's got it. 
Yeah. And he's got his little Air Tannehill thing. The <laughs> finger flip, which is actually a pretty cool uh, touchdown celebration. I kind of like it. <laughs> so, um, but as I said, as I said at the top, this is just eating Brian alive. He's the least coolest quarterback in the league. He's so he's so hip. <laughs> really, you think Kirk Cousins is cooler than him? You see Kirk Cousins dance touchdowns? There's something about leaning into being awkward that I like. I don't know what it is. You always rip your tabs off. You're good. I don't remember drinking that much. I must be thirsty. Well, you're, you know, you got a bigger mouth than me. Yeah. Well, uh, the one thing I'd like to know about this play that we don't get to know ahead of time, um, if that extra lineman um, reported eligible. I don't think. I wonder if he rubbed his titties real quick. Like, <laughs> hey, man, I'm eligible. I'm good. Um, because if that is the case, then some of this kind of makes sense. Okay. Um, because this that ninety four crashes down, and he also he kind of like tries to take that tackle down with him in a way. Right. Um, if he didn't, then I don't know what he's doing, man. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I can't recall if they announced it okay. at all. Hey, Mister, we're recording. <laughs> Jesus, man, Prince. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so a beautiful fake handoff there with a bootleg to the outside, and and it's uh, yeah, it was uh very well done. Again, game scripting, uh, game you know the formations and stuff all yep. all goes hand in hand with that. This is the psychology of football that we tried to you know I did a couple weeks ago. I know we didn't put the video up, but with like with with Carson Wentz faking the screen. Remember we did the, yep. against San Francisco. Yep. They were doing the screen all day. He faked the screen and took a shot downfield for uh, for Pittman, and it worked. You know it worked really well. And this is the this is this is the aspect of the psychology thing. Um, you know, too. If you're a defensive coordinator, duh, you're gonna prepare for that. Um, they, you know, these these DBs probably could have played a little back a little bit more. You know, he, yeah, he they crashed hard. They they ate that whole thing up. So yeah. let's watch it uh, one more time. I mean, that's that's kind of the back of the end zone. Fourth and goal. Right, there it is. Fake handoff, and Tannehill is Tannehill. gone. He's he so quick. Touchdown. I know it's been said so much, but Tannehill was a wide receiver back in uh, college, I think. Was it college or high school? College. Texas A&M, was a wide receiver. But they drafted him to be a quarterback. He played two years at quarterback. Before. Oh, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Okay. And obviously, he's uh, he's kind of taking the world by storm a little bit right now. Yeah. Um, playing very, very well. And who would have thought, too? This is, the, uh, this is the fun thing, too. We did week one. When we did our week one film room, he was the recipient of five sacks. <laughs> from Chandler Jones and a whole lot of other issues. And, you know, this the, the fact that Tennessee has kind of rallied together and, and stepped up. I mean, that, that's why it's so hard to judge a team, if, you know, that early in the season. Yeah. But even still, like, if you would have told me in week one that the Titans here would be, what are they, 7-2? and two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the best team in the AFC mm-hmm. right now, I would have called you a liar. Yeah. 7-2 and two with... Um... You know, lost to one of the best teams in the league. And then what's the other one? A loss to, a weird loss to the Jets. A weird loss to the Jets and then a loss to, the loss to the Arizona. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they've beaten really good teams. Some and there's a, it, teams. it was what bothers me, too, and, and Colts fans have been a little annoying on Twitter. They refuse to admit that Tennessee is just a good football team. Yeah. 
just to stop. Okay, they've beaten all the good teams that we that we as Colts fans uh, aspired and hoped to beat because those were measuring stick games. Tennessee's that good. Sorry, everybody. They're that good. Vrabel's a good head coach. Yes. They've surpassed us. Even though we didn't think that they did a whole lot in free agency, uh, they made the right moves. It's a lot to do with uh, what <laughs> I already said once in this podcast. The reason that the Bills are playing so poorly is offensive line play. From where they started the year, the Titans' offensive line is playing much better. And this is with Taylor Lewan. Right. Being out of the lineup. Correct. So it's just, you know, the, the communication is really well. All the guys um, know their roles and they don't play beyond it. It's Mike Vrabel is a better doing a better job of taking the Patriot way of just do your job, yep. do your 111th, and bringing it to the Titans than any other coach has been able to do. And I think the biggest part of that is he didn't – he didn't start somewhere else and go to work underneath Belichick. He was taught. He was molded by Belichick. Right, as a player. So he, yep. he bought in, you know, at one point in his career as a player and and knows, you know, it, there's one thing about, like, getting guys to play for get up for one week. There's another thing about, like, believing, like, up, down, whatever. If you guys just stick together, you keep counting on they one of another. very good as a unit. They do. I mean, look at... Because their cornerbacks right? are not great. No, their defense, like their def- their pass rush is really, really good right now. But yeah. these are guys who, if you lined them up, I could not pick them out. It's probably Simmons is like the only guy that I know that and I know Autry teams- because Den- was it Denico Autry? I think it, yeah, Denico yeah. Autry. I just know him from being a Colts fan. He was with the Colts last year. Yeah. And, you know, the deal didn't work out. But that's the only way I know they don't. They, they're superstar. Right now, is is on IR. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown's very very talented. Tannehill's very talented. They do have Julio Jones. <sighs> yeah, I keep forgetting about him. He's very forgettable. <laughs> he, he hasn't done too much. No, he has. Um, no, it's it's honestly it's it, battle in the trenches. They are showing up every Sunday, ready to do the dirty stuff, ready to win the ugly way. Absolutely. And and it's hard to beat a team that's ready to win that way. Right. No, it's been gritty, um, but, yeah, they are the best team. Every time you think uh, Tennessee's kind of out, they're uh, they're not. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, let's move on to your play. We're looking at uh, the game. Josh, uh, Jaguars and, and Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's not the play that I wanted. <laughs> I was trying to find this play where Josh improvises and rolls out to his left, but – the pass rusher is closing in on him, so he can't really step into his throw. So his base is all off, and he ends up with his hips not square, and he ends up just chucking it sidearm, and it's just a laser to Emmanuel Sanders for a first down. But I couldn't find it in the highlights, so apparently <laughs> YouTube does not de- deem it as a highlight, even though it was the silliest throw of the game. <laughs> well, this one's pretty cool, too. This one's pretty cool, too. So let's give it a watch, and we'll start to break it down. Last time he blitzed, this time he's in coverage, and I don't think the Bills have figured him out. Allen fires, and it's caught right at the sticks by Sanders. That's the dangerous aspect of um, Josh Allen, is the fact that he can do things like that. Third and 22, Mm -hmm. and he makes it look easy. Mm -hmm. Third and 22, Inside your own 20-yard line, 
um, in a tied game, right. right? So a lot of quarterbacks with normal arms and normal reasonable mentality will probably just look to take a safe throw and just take whatever the defense gives them and just punt it away and let the defense take care of it. Josh got frustrated in this game. Um, yeah. Jacksonville dominated the the hodgepodge offensive line of the Buffalo Bills. And it's bad. This is the only real moment in the game where I got to see that, other than the one I was trying to find, where I saw, like, okay, Josh is he's still in there somewhere, but the old Josh, the 2018 Josh, definitely reared his head again, which can't happen the rest no. of the season. No, like, all honesty, and he owned it, and it's all good, so thank you, Josh, for doing that. But this play, and the reason I'm bringing this one up and um, want to talk about this one is because this is an example of Jacksonville not sticking to what was working, and it bothers me when defenses do this. So I get that it's 30 and 22 I get that you had done a good job the first couple of downs to put the Bills in a bad situation. Right. Where's the extra pass rush? Where's where, where's the blitz? Where's the aggressiveness that you've been putting on the Bills? The reason that you're you're in this game is because your defense has punched the Bills in the face and they're bleeding in the corner not knowing what to do. And and you and this is a play where you just you gave up. 100%. You, you took you you were you went soft for no reason. So it, it drives me nuts, and it's not a norm, an unnormal thing. I mean, coaches do this all the time. They take their fo- uh, foot off the pedal for whatever reason. Because, um, man, what's the worst-case scenario if you go aggressive and you try and get after Josh? He converts for a first down? Oh, right. Oh, no. He does it anyways. <laughs> so Yeah, I, it, was, it was weird. Because, I mean, they're in that situation, that third and 22 right now that we're looking at. Because of the blitz, yeah, and uh, it, it was it was very strange. I don't know if that's a minor call or their defensive coordinator, probably their defensive coordinator. But um, I was I was very baffled by by this. They left so much room, yep. and like like the Bills are so talented at wide receiver and tight end, where they can get in to that little gap, as you can all see uh, that gap right around the thirty yard line, in between and and, and beyond. It's it was a little weird. It was a little weird. If 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 it were I, and I, I am no football genius. Again, we call this the two point conversation beginners film room mm-hmm. because we are beginners. Um, I probably sat in two of the linebackers. Probably, most or, likely, or at least showing like you might do it. Right, tease it a little bit, scare them, sketch them out, something like that. Yeah, and uh, they they did not. It was mm-hmm. it was completely non threatening. Uh, against this very bad Bills, uh, you know, this very bad Bills offensive line. Yep. It was abysmal. Uh, so personnel-wise, Bills come out shotgun. They're going to come out in what Matt and I are just going to say is zero personnel because there's no running back out there, but there is a tight end. That's there is a tight might, end, yeah. but he's not, and I don't think there is one personnel, right? There's no such thing as one personnel. No. Um, he is lined up as a wide receiver, so I believe he's accounted for as a wide receiver. That's that's my general understanding of the rule. Yeah. Um, I think ten is the, uh, zero is the smallest, then it's like goes 10 and, and, and so on. Uh, 10, 11, 12, so on, so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um but 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 yeah, they're, I mean they're desperate. It's 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 they haven't been able to do anything. It's third quarter's almost over. They haven't been able to put together a whole lot, and they're they're I mean third and twenty two. 
Yeah. It's not a good place to be in when you're when one year ago you were the highest powered offense in the National Football League. Hey, the, the number one scoring offense in the league so far in 2021. Um so the defense comes out, they're in their uh nickel base 425 and Matt pointed it out as we were looking at this video is like wow, those linebackers are way off the ball. And uh in a lot of ways, maybe if they're playing covers, they weren't far enough back in a way. Right. Um, but, yeah, they're they're going to – I don't really know who's at fault here because it is purely zone, and it's just a vet wide receiver knowing where to get to, gets to the spot, makes the play. Yeah, it's uh, really well done. So let's take a watch. Uh, no, wait, we already watched this play. We did watch it. We did watch it already. So let's start to slowly break this thing down. Prince. I thought he was going to try and pee on me. I thought so, too. That would have been awesome content. I mean, I would have felt bad for you. <laughs> it but. really would have been awesome content. <laughs> He's listening. I'm just, just smacks in the face. All right. Uh, let me know when to pause. He blitz. This time he's in coverage. And I don't think the Bills have figured so, him out. Okay. So, at this even, point. Like, even the Bills offensive line couldn't handle this four-man rush. Oh, they, they, they weren't handling anything. No. Yeah. Uh, Josh is bailing all, after all of two seconds because he's been beat up all game, and he's like, oh, I got to go make a play. So Tommy Sweeney is the guy that was lined up on your left hash. He's the tight end on the play. He's going to start. He does a um, a block and release, which, pause for a second, chip the guy, get out into the flat. So that's what Tommy Sweeney's doing. And then that gives Josh. A safety valve in a sense for, for those so. who don't um, kind of get why, you know, that's even an option there. Well, if the house is coming and, and you don't one you don't want to take a sack because obviously that that it makes it even harder for your punter to put it in good position. Mm-hmm. Um, you pass it, you try and maybe gain some yards. We've seen tons of teams do it underneath. Uh, you know, take a ball underneath and, and rip it up for X amount of yards. Tommy Sweeney is not that guy, but it's always important to have that safety blanket there. Always, you know, just to give your quarterback an option yep. in case things kind of really break down. Yep. So he's going to give Josh his first clue. I think, as to what Josh is looking at as far as coverage goes. Uh, right now, no one's on him, but Josh's eyes are to the left. He's scanning the left side of the field. You've got um, Cole Beasley lined up um, just past the 25-yard line. Sweeney's there at the 20, and you can see Emmanuel Sanders is around the 33-yard line. The cornerback that was lined up over top of Cole Beasley uh, if Josh is looking at him, which I think he is, he can see that he's actually not focused on Cole. He's actually got his eyes into the backfield. So I think Josh can pick up on, oh, this guy's in zone. Right. So Josh knows that I need to go to the next level because Tommy Sweeney's not going to be an option. Cole Beasley's not going to be an option because I'm going to need to get rid of this ball. So now he's down to the last set of guys, which have worked their way into the next level of the defenders. So let's play for just uh, half a second. All right. Yep. Okay. So I think at this point, Josh has made up his mind. And the check down's there. And like you see, that corner is, he has left Cole Beasley. His eyes are still in the backfield, and he is coming towards t- Sweeney. So Josh knows, all right. I got to beat this zone. They probably caught a good zone beater, and we will let the f- play finish out because he's about, you know, all of a half a second from throwing it. 
good planning of the feet. I want to point out too. Oh, the velocity! It's 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 really good, and it adds an extra oomph. Because if this thing doesn't have the zip on it that it does, this thing is getting going the other way. Oh yeah. I mean, he throws it right in triple coverage. Allen fires and it's caught. Okay, double coverage, but it's it's pretty damn close to being. Right at the sticks by Sam. That's a perfect grab. It's a great grab. Manu Sanders has been that dude this year. Yeah. He certainly has. He certainly has. So. He's in coverage. I don't think the Bills have figured about it. There it is. Breakdown off to the side. Allen Zip. Fire. And bam. Yeah. I do think they were in cover. It's either it's either cover two disguises cover four, or it's just cover three, and everyone's just really late to reacting. <laughs> um, because Manuel Sanders doesn't really move left or right. It, he kind of runs just kind of like a, a stop pattern. Just I'm going to get to the depth I need to get to, and I'm going to turn around and throw me the ball. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, spectacular grab, extends the drive, helps, you know, uh, you know, give Buffalo an, an inkling of a chance to kind of go, and, but unfortunately didn't go their way oh, yeah, uh, then the rest the, of the game. The next three plays are garbage, and then we punt. Yeah. Yeah. And Jacksonville, um, you have some talent. Let's see if they can some turn raw, this into something. Young raw talent there. Yeah. So, I still don't believe that Urban Meyer's the guy, but you know that's the only time will tell. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to add to this uh, to this play? No. Uh, all I have to say is the Jets have a very good defensive line, and I'm worried that this is going to happen all over again. Ha- keep have I'm, some faith, dude. I'm serious. I understand. No, I I understand. I thought the Jets were going to torch the the, the the Colts the other night. No. I was kind of hoping it. Well, Carson, Carson Wentz is that guy. He is. He is. He's. Uh, he is that dude. I'm happy about that. Oh, what do we got here? All right. So the next play that I wanted to look at, my first defensive play of this uh, uh, of this episode. Pick sixes are fun. Yeah. Uh, pick sixes are a lot of fun, and uh, you know I, I've long complimented the Giants' defense for having a bunch of very talented individuals who just aren't big name guys. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. This year hasn't been exactly flattering for the Giants. Uh, they are now three and s- three and six, mm-hmm. I think, after this game. But uh, I mean, this is a this is a game I thought that the Raiders had handedly. All right, it's it's Raiders. They're they're going through a lot. Their their interim head coach is doing just everything he can to keep this team and in, in together. And Derek Carr is really stepping up as a you know a human being. He just did not look good. It, just did not look like the leader and the quarterback that we've all believed him to be, and uh, this is probably one of this is this is a huge momentum killer. I mean, this is very early in the third quarter um, where this pick six happens, but uh, I think I don't think the Giants really looked back after that. It was all it was all Giants, not a whole lot of Raiders after that. So let's watch this play um, unfold. Yeah, good thing I caught that before we started playing it. Here we go. Kenyon Drake is the running back for Carr on a third and seven. After the block at the right tackle to the near side. Oh, it's picked off. He is gone. Kiss McKinney. Goodbye. Pick six for the Giants. And, yeah, it was, like I said, it was pretty much all downhill after that, but good for the Giants. They, uh, a lot of people for the Giants are playing... Play for their jobs this year, I would dare so say. Mm-hmm. And that was a big-time play. So let's take a look at the personnel for this first first and foremost. Um, 
I believe based on what we just talked about, it's 10 personnel, even though Darren Waller is out there. Um, it's four wide. All right, you got four, well, it's not so much wide, but um, we got two and two. We got two and two. And then our running back in the backfield, that is Kenyon Drake. Uh, it is shotgun. All right. And then we're going to take a look at our defense here. And we have a 4-3 defense, even though it's very peculiar looking. I want everybody to kind of look at the defensive line uh, right now. I'm going to play it for just a smidge. Kenyon Drake. Is- All right. There are six people on this line right now. But what makes this a 4-3 is we have the running back. More. We got four people in, with their hands on the dirt. All right, it's a little spread out. It's a little weird, but we do have our edge rusher. Edge rusher there, edge rusher there, and two defensive tackles on that side. It's a very very weird way to go about it, Yeah, but I don't hate it. Heavy uh, Madden users will know this formation as we would call it probably 4-3 over. Okay. Um, but it's a good way to throw off the defense, all right, or excuse me, throw off the offense. Because I think right now, if you're Derek Carr, you're like, oh, crap, they're sending the house. They have six people on the line, even though these two don't have their hand in the dirt. I, these linebackers, cornerbacks, I'm not entirely certain. I want to believe they're the linebackers, but they do drop back into coverage. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very unique look that I haven't seen all that much, but I know, but I know it's it's happened many times before. But if you're Derek Carr, you know, what I mean, you, you you think you're safe from the shotgun, but man, they're sending six. Yeah. All right, that's that's a tough situation to be in psychologically. But uh, the it, this is yeah four three, and uh, with a cover one, so that is our cover one, and that guy in the back is Xavier McKinney, the man who picks off this ball. So it's very well right on his end. So let's uh, let's get this play underway. For Carr on a third and seven. Go, got the snap, and the Giants only send four, pulling back these two right here into some type of zone. Co- it looks like maybe zone coverage. Um, it's not really, it's not completely manned, but they're really protected. They're, I think their responsibility is to protect that first down. Yeah. That's that's what it seems to be. They're all over Waller. They're kind of boxing him out here. Um, Carr's under a lot of pressure, though. The, they end up actually, they end up technically sending five. I think one of the linebackers, uh, one maybe a linebacker over here, ends up breaking off, but Carr's under a lot of duress right now. Let's see where uh, that guy comes from. Yeah, they send one of the guys back here. He like legit is in position. They send him, mm-hmm. and Kenyon Drake ends his responsibility is to pick up that block. He gets it. Right. But again, uh, Carr's a little frustrated. You know, not frustrated, but he knows that he's got to get this ball away because there's there, there's a lot happening. Um, and one thing I want to note too, I want everybody to kind of look at Carr's vision. We've talked about making reads here before. All right, Carr Carr's a veteran at this point. This just was not good on his end. Um, it was not good on his end. His reads were looking straight ahead off the hike and looking to the left side of the field. Now, Xavier McKinney is not, I mean, he's not, I don't even know how long he's been in the league for, but the name is familiar. No. All right? And he did his job magnificently. When you are a defensive back or just any defensive player, yeah, your your job is to you know to kind of identify and, and predict where the ball is going, all right. And McKinney took the read, the 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 very bad one read that Derek Carr made, and turned it into a pick six, right? All right. So I'll rewind it again so our audio or our video listeners get to see what I'm saying. Um, 
here we go. The ball has pretty much just been hiked. Car's looking. Seven. There we go. He's looking straight ahead, and instantaneously, he's looking to the left side. Um, I hope you guys can all see my mouse. If you can't, I think you'll you'll understand what I mean. He's tunnel vision to that left side of the field. Now, again, if you're a defensive back, you know that means, hey, he's going to the left side of the field. He's he's As much as I love Derek Carr, he's no Matthew Stafford. He's no Patrick Mahomes. We're not getting any no-look passes, especially with how this play is set up. The whole time. I mean, that's three seconds. That is plenty of reaction time, plenty of time for Xavier McKinney to analyze that this is going there. And he sneaks in. I believe this is targeted for Renfro. It is, yeah. And he had it clear. He he bumped him, like, well-timed bumped. Yeah, I'm on the route. Totally clean. Wait, totally clean. So, it is. Uh, it's good coverage. It's it. It was really well done. It was a good communication. You actually have a positive, perfect time, man. I was about to make this point. <laughs> you can see the safety communicating with McKinney, right? And he's he's trying to convey to him because he knows. That the guy that's actually lined up over top of Renfro, yep, yep. on the NFL shield, though, Uh, he knows that the defender that's over top of Renfro right now is actually going to be blitzing. So he's trying to communicate to McKinney, saying, "Hey, you've got the near defender or the the near offensive player. I'll take the far offensive player. So I want you to keep the inside route." I'm going to take the outside route. Right. So Renfro actually moves. His route takes him to the outside. The safety has enough time because Derek Carr doesn't. He just takes forever to get rid of this ball. Yeah, it was not good. And, um, yeah, he gives he gives that safety way too much time. Way too much time to break on the ball. All right, well, yeah, we'll take a look at what he means. Again, we'll watch it one more time. And Cole, there's, there's, there's a snap. It was a dime. <laughs> it was a dime going the other way. Um, <laughs> no, McKinney had full full like steam ahead. There was not, I mean, a little minor stoppage this time that that catch, but yeah. um, it was so incredibly wild, Scott. It was very obvious. It was it was relatively obvious uh, McKinney's part. And, and again, these guys are you know, they're world class athletes. They're professional athletes, yeah. and they're not going to hit it every time, but. They made it look really good. Yeah. They made it look really good here. That, that was definitely a boomer bus play where he's crashing on that route so hard to try and pick it off that if Derek Carr sneaks it past him, that's a big play going the other way. Right. No, for sure. For sure. So that is uh that is our defensive play. Let's uh take a gander at uh at uh Ryan has a last uh, his last play. We're gonna take a look at Denzel Ward with his pick six on uh on one, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. So talk about what you what did you pick this play for? What's the significance? Uh, I mean, it was actually a pretty cool play. But yeah. uh, what were you interested in with this when it came to this? Well, because this is the play that we were watching the Bills game, and across the ticker, I see Denzel Ward ninety nine ninety nine yard interception return for a touchdown. I'm like, ooh, I I can't wait to see this play. A few minutes later. They finally have a chance. They show yeah. the, the highlight on the feed. I'm like, oh, okay. That's classic Denzel Ward. You can't sleep on Denzel Ward. You can't get lazy in your routes. You can't be late on your throws. If you're going to throw towards him, because he's one of those guys in the league, 
one of those top five corners in the league, there is no room for error. There's a reason why people don't throw at him. It's because you don't like having that pressure of having to have the well-placed ball, well-timed ball, receiver running the the good route, understanding his body position, all that, because certain guys just make you pay, man. Deion Sanders was one of those guys. When healthy, Stephon Gilmore is one of those guys. You just don't do it. Um, Denzel Ward is, has long been one of my favorite players to watch just because at every time that he's on the field, he's one of the best players, offense or defense. doesn't matter who he's playing up against. Right. And he just takes away dudes. So here's Jamar Chase with all the hype, with all the love. And he's still great. Every, still he is great. still great. And, and you know, everyone's buying in, and, and you should be. Um, so this is Denzel Ward taking advantage of what I would deem to be kind of a little bit of a lazy route. A little bit. Just a little bit. All right. The running back. Fake it to him. Burrow has a target in sight, and it's stolen. It's stolen by... Was it... Denzel Ward, who cuts oh, back at the 40. And yeah, he may be going the distance. Yeah, when you show me the... the yards to glory. Joey B. Uh, busting an ankle. Is this completely on Jamar Chase? I don't know if I like the Joe Burrow, the the, the, the direction of the throw here. He, he, he didn't have a window to throw it. But what I don't like about um, Jamar Chase is he doesn't force Denzel Ward to take – there's no depth to the route. Right. He, he literally – he runs a whip route. So whip route means I'm going to go towards the defender. I'm going to curl in. Look, I'm flattening out to catch a quick little in pass, and then I'm going to cut out back towards the sideline, and it's a like an in and out. He didn't give himself a whole lot of room to do that. No. he To make this work, he needs to um, – I'm trying to remember what highlight it was we were looking at a few weeks ago well, where I was pointing out that uh, the receiver actually initiated the contact. That's what I, I would have liked to see Jamar Chase here do right. here, which is actually engage with Ward – Use your big body to frame him out. Actually, I think that I had talked about it last week. Um, that's that's probably the only way that this route um, wins because he's too, dude. He cancels out Kelsey. You know what I mean? I we saw him cancel out Kelsey before, right? So you know he the dude can cover anyone, and Jamar Chase is just the next victim. That's all it is for sure. For sure. Let's watch it once uh, in full once more. Back. Fake it to him. Burrow has a target in sight, and it's yeah. I, I think if, uh, if, if Jamar Chase takes his route into the body of Ward, he helps to create himself a little bit of separation. Because they're probably not calling anything. With, you know, the, you only have three yards to the goal line. You know what I mean? They normally give you those five yards to, to have a little bit of contact. So for sure. They're probably not throwing the flag for interference. So that's, that's the way he runs it. The other thing I don't like is that the hesitation. Everything about the whip route is about quick, um, well-executed, highly athletic plays, like a jitterbug. You know what I mean? It's, it's normally what those short area guys can do. Cole Beasley comes to mind. Julian Edelman comes to mind. Those are those routes. Those guys can run filthy. Um, and then Joe Burrow late right. also doesn't do a good job of moving his eyes. So Ward knows it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, we'll break it down a little slower. We'll break it down slow. 
The only reason why I replayed it is because I totally forgot to switch screens on the OBS. I fi- it got me again. Um, but, yeah, we'll break it down. Nice. Ryan is the running back. There it is. And, yeah, you're right. He's looking at the, at the, at the right side of the field the whole time. And Ward, right, that's Ward right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's got this so well mm-hmm. scouted. <laughs> so well scouted. Burrow. Cuts in. He uh, he hits uh he hits the turbo button so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And and cuts in. Jamar Jamar's. I don't know if Jamar fell because he's trying to draw a flag or just heat of the moment or whatever. But um, but it's a good snag. Is the running back? Fake it to him. Burrow has a target. Cuts in. Poor Joey B. Uh, Broke his ankles. Not seriously, just not seriously. No, no, no. Like but meta- metaphorically, 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 he did. So, um, let's see. Is there anything else you want to break down on this one? I think it just—it's pretty straight and narrow. Oh, pretty absolutely. well scouted by yeah. uh, Ward. So, a couple of pick sixes. No, for sure, for sure. There was a nice pick sixes are a lot of fun, and there was, there was a there was plenty this weekend. There was plenty, a lot of interceptions, but. Some pick sixes, very fun pick sixes. So. Very rarely do you have the team that gets the pick six uh, end up on the losing end. Right. It's one of those um, toxic differentials. You ever heard that phrase before? Yeah. It's a new um, analytic. I forget who really believes in it, but, oh, it was Bill Parcells. I um, believed in it a lot. Okay. It's one of those plays that it's impossible to make up because think about it, what happened. So to go 99 yards, right, probably wasn't a whole 99 yards. But either way, you get all the way down to the goal line, you take up all this time, and then a blink of an eye, six the other way. It's a 12-point swing. Right. Just like that. It's hard to make that up. You have to stay very disciplined. I guarantee you Joe Burrow was chasing that the rest of the game. I didn't get to watch it because it was on the same time as the Bills. But right. I would I would venture a guess that Joe Burrow played a little reckless trying to make up for that play. It happens. It's easy to do. It you does. you make a bad mistake, you hate yourself for it. You know the good things you've done before, you're going to try and play a little bit of hero ball. It's the life that Patrick Mahomes is le- living right now. It is a life that we have seen Aaron Rodgers live before. The bad Packers years are Aaron Rodgers knowing what he can do and then when he makes mistakes, just doubling down on it because he's trying to make up for it. And he can't do that in this league. No. That's not how you get back on top. No. Yeah, this is uh, another tough loss for for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, yeah, at home, too. Hey, it's already a not positive, in my opinion. Uh-huh. They, there's, they, they're already playing very competitive. I thought oh, they were, yeah, yeah. were going to need a new they are coach. And but, hey, it was just they weird. Still, they still they always do this. Coach. Huh? They still might get a new coach. I don't care for Taylor. No, I don't. So, um, so all right, everybody, that is it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you. We're glad we got to have a full film room uh, this week, and uh, you know, hopefully, you, you took away something from it. Thank you so much. And uh, we're not done yet. We still have our Monday night, uh, our little waiver wire preview. So, uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. Ryan Holt Bailey joins us in just a moment. All right, and now Ryan Hall Bailey joins us for your waiver wider uh, look outlook. We're going to take a look and see uh, what's available for you out there. It's it's getting a little thin, uh, but we're going to try our best. This is probably going to be one of our. This is going to be our last one until uh, fantasy football postseason. So keep that in mind. Uh, but welcome, Ryan. How are we doing? 
Doing pretty good, man. Can't complain. Actually, I can't complain, but I'm not going to. This is a fancy show. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Relatable. I know. I get it. I get it. Um, so let's uh, let's take a look at the waiver wire. You know, there's been a, a rash of injuries lately. Uh, guys unable to uh, perform, compete. Let's uh, let's take a look at who maybe who we're interested in in the waiver wire. Uh, let, let's start off with the quarterback position, our, our favorite position, of course. Uh, the top five I have point getters from this past weekend: Josh Johnson, Teddy B, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, and Trevor Simeon. Uh, those are some of the the top names at the quarterback position right now that are frequently on waivers. Um, I know Teddy B has been pretty much on waivers all season. Jimmy G, uh, Baker Mayfield, kind of sorta. Is there anybody that interests you uh, going forward into the season uh, off the off the waiver wire here? No, not at all. Um, I mean, if you want to get fancy, um, you can always stash Trey Lance. I mean, we know how his rushing upside is and uh, maybe sitting sitting behind Jimmy Grapple for a couple more weeks. I mean, I, I, I think at some point that uh, the 49ers are going to completely uh, turn the tides and they're going to start Trey Lance at some point. So, I don't know. Um, I just think Trey Lance has a lot of upside, so. That's that's really about it. I wouldn't. I mean, that's just me. I would not recommend doing that. <laughs> I mean, unless you're totally set. Right. Um, I will. You know, we always keep coming back to Teddy B, um, Teddy Bridgewater, but he really had his his. He's only had two terrible games this year, and in his nine week stretch, he hasn't had a bye week yet. But his two awful games were against Baltimore and the Jets. So. Uh, you know, if you are desperate, if you need to get that extra edge, if you waited too long to get a quarterback uh, to start in fantasy and it's not working for you, um, Teddy B is still less than 50% owned, 24.7% owned in ESPN leagues. And it's actually dipped 5.1% over the last week. So that could turn up. He just put a, uh, a 23 point performance against the Dallas Cowboys defense, which is uh been relatively decent against quarterbacks of let's say Teddy Bridgewater's experience. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like my favorite pastime is the shit on uh, Teddy Bridgewater, but you make, you make a good point. <laughs> hey, you can still do it. You can still poop on him. Dude sucks, man. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's jump over to running backs. Then the top five I have is scoring running backs from last week that are available on waivers. Devonte Freeman, Kenyon Drake, Jordan Howard, AJ Dillon, and Ramondre Stevenson. Is there anybody here uh, that intrigues you as far as a fantasy starter going forward? Yeah. I mean, that's I think I'd still rather have, you know, Jeremy McNichols or, Adrian Peterson, um, especially Adrian Peterson, because we know he's going to get the lion's share of carries. He had ten carries against the uh, against the Rams last night or Sunday night, and he had a, I think he had one catch or something like that. But he was playing against a good uh, um, rushing defense, so that's why he only had what he had like twenty twenty five yards something like that. But he um, he did have a touchdown, so I, I think Adrian Peterson is going to be the starter going forward. So. Um, look for Alex Collins coming back from injury too. He might be available on on, uh, on some of your guys' waivers too. Um, JD McKissick, um, Antonio Gibson's been banged up the past couple of weeks, so he could be an interesting add. Ty Johnson too for the Jets. Yes, um, he, he he's been getting a lot of touches. It'd be 
think he had a, he had a touchdown this week too. So um, especially if Mike White is the starter, as we know, Mike White's been kind of the, the hot topic in the NFL right now, and he's really he's really brought brought those that Jets offense up. So Ty Johnson is a really interesting add, and then to round it out, I'll say Boston Scott and um, and then Jarrett Patterson too for the for the football team. It's kind of interesting. Kind of to piggyback off of J.D. McKissick, you know, as we know, Antonio Gibson's been dealing with some injuries. So um, we saw Jarrett Patterson um, get a few snaps last week, and we saw how electric he was um, in the preseason. So kind of something to keep an eye on. No doubt. Uh, no doubts. You know, Freeman has been getting an uptick. He's, he's somebody I'm definitely yeah. like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of invested in. He has over the last his last three games with four weeks, over 11 points every single game. So I think it's a good sign. He's trending upwards. It's gotten increasingly better. Uh, I think it's a good sign for, for Devontae Freeman. Um, people who, you know, he's 13, 13.8% rostered uh, amongst fantasy leagues. So he's a worthy pickup. I do want to acknowledge this. So I did not realize this uh, until today. I was looking at, uh, at some statistics of leading rushers. Mark Ingram, I don't know if you know this, he has the fourth most rushing yards in the NFL right now. He grows. And uh, gross, yeah. Right. 658. Uh, he's behind Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, and Derek Henry. Um, Mark Ingram is also owned in only 23.3% of, of leagues. I know his usage has been very, very inconsistent. Um, it's, it's been a little shoddy, but yeah, he's, he's up there. He's, he's certainly up there and it's a, uh, uh, you know, maybe a, a desperation start at, at some right. point for some people. I will say one more name. This is for like way deeper leagues is uh Brandon Bolden for the Patriots. Um, he, he got eight carries last year, for 54 yards and saw two targets through the air. Couple weeks ago, he saw he has seven targets to the air. So, and he's been running like hard as hell. Like one week, he had twelve average twelve yards a carry, six and a half, almost seven yards a carry uh, this, this past week. So, um, Brandon Bullen is starting to get more um, more time in that offense. So, I think he's worth um, a deep league stash. So. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen his name pop up a couple times. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, the wide receiver room. And uh, what are we looking at here for wide receiver waiver wire? Uh, I think Elijah Moore is somebody that people should be looking at a, a little bit. He's had a couple consistent weeks here, getting better. He had 27 points, granted, mostly in garbage time. Especially uh, with yeah. Mike White, too. That's Especially with, Mike, with White. Mike White. For um, sure. Rashad Bateman, too, the the rookie for the Ravens, has been getting a lot of play. Um. This is our daily reminder, our daily, our weekly reminder that if Van Jefferson's out there, go pick him up because he keeps getting targeted by Matt Stafford. <laughs> um, are you? Do you have any interest in Deshaun Jackson, who's going to be joining the Raiders here soon? I think where the Raiders are right now, yes, I, I, I am a little interested in him. I, I want to see how he gets used first before I go and and you know, like if I have a roster spot to spare. I'd probably yeah. pick him up and, and stash him away. But um, I, I've, I've fallen into the Deshaun Jackson trap uh, oh, many, yeah. many a time, many a time. And I, I know I'm not the only one. So uh, he only produces when he's on your bench. Correct. <laughs> every single time, yeah. every single time. So um, Michael Gallup, too, is coming back. 
from injury. That's an interesting add. That is um, true. That looks like uh, from the looks of things that Dallas needs a little help at wide receiver. So yeah, that, Mari and CD were banged up going into this week. For sure. Why? And this one league I'm in, Brandon Ayuk, I, I get it. He's not super consistent, yeah, but he's yeah. he's available. And uh, I picked him up in a league, too, like a few weeks back because he was just, just playing so bad. Yeah, he had a pretty good pretty good show in this past week. He did. Um, other than that, I'm not really liking across the Donovan board. Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe, for the Browns with Odell. You did call that. Know. I have to give you props. You did call that Thank one. You, you, you did call you. that one. Um. I'll say Brian Edwards too for the Raiders. Just another interesting name. I don't think he produced that well this this past week. But um, how about Darnell Mooney tunes? Huh? Any interest in Darnell Mooney? We'll see how he does tonight. Probably not. Probably not great. It's not whatever. looking good right now. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really not looking good right now. Probably not great. <laughs> and I think that's really all I'm interested in there. Yeah, it's it's, it's relatively thin. And uh, I guess our check last for AJ Green. I'll say check for AJ Green if he's available. Grab him. Yeah, I think people are a little sour on him because that that touchdown, like no yeah. look that he had. Yeah, but uh, screw you, AJ Green. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's 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 a little rough out there for for AJ Green. Um, and then let's go over to the tight end room and see what we got. Of course, we know this is the hardest position to kind of really stock and uh, and and be prepared for. I know Donald Parham Jr. was one of the leading uh, leaders, but again, and not somebody I'm willing to take a uh, uh, take a gamble in week in week out. I will say this: Jeff Swine, though Jeff Swine, the last two weeks yeah. has produced over 12 points. Um, against the Colts and against the Rams defense. So that's a pretty good showing, I think, there. Is he a Titan? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll say Pat Frymuth. Uh, he scored tonight already. So. Yes. Yes. Um, Dan Arnold gets a ton of targets for the Jags. Um, I think he's worth an add. Check for Logan Thomas, too, if people had dropped him with the injury. Check, check, always check for him. Uh, check for Dawson Knox. That's another one, too. If someone, if some, for some reason, someone dropped him. Um, dump all the fab you have um, into, you know, like a Logan Thomas or a Dawson Knox because those top 10 tight ends are very, very hard to come by. So, <laughs> and then your, your Hunter Henry's, your Tyler Conklin, Uzama. I mean, do, do what you proceed with caution. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in at this point. That's why, like, me and Ryan have been debating back and forth whether or not to do these episodes. Um, so, like I said, we will hold off. Um, this will be our last one for at least a few weeks until uh, everybody's fantasy football postseason starts to get underway. I know for some people it's week 12. For some others, it starts at week 13. Um, so, we're going to take a couple weeks off. We'll bounce back, and, uh, and we'll bring you your waiver wire listings for, for those certain weeks. So, But uh, that is it, everybody. Thank you so much. Best of luck in your waiver wire acquisitions this week, and uh, best of luck, of course, in your fantasy football uh, match up. So thank you so much. And on behalf of Brian, Ryan, and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good.